morning, good morning, good morning. How is everyone doing today? We are working on episode 16, and we're going to be talking about how to get your truck ready for the winter. Now, just like winterizing your home or your car or your RV, you also need to winterize your diesel truck. So the main thing that we have to do as truck drivers is we have to make sure when we are in negative temperatures that our fuel does not gel. Once our fuel gels, we're unable to drive. We have to buy some stuff called 911 and it will ungel it for us. However, we really try not to gel our fuel when it gets so cold. So we buy this, it's called antifreeze or anti-gel. And it's not cheap, but um, it is definitely needed in your diesel truck. Now I have noticed that a lot of the truck stops up north um, actually go ahead and put that in their fuel so we don't have to put it in ourselves. Down south they don't so we have to actually add it. I really like the fact that they added up here up north it saves me a lot of time and a lot of money. Now I did not realize that I did not know exactly how to use my heater system or my APU in the truck because I've never really had to have major heat on. So there was a couple of things that I had to ask some other truck drivers. How do you actually work it? How do I get the heat in the back versus the front? And how the pilot light actually works. And if it doesn't work, what do I need to do to make sure the pilot light gets lit so I can stay warm? So the air conditioner and heating system are actually separate on a diesel truck. Back in the back where I sleep, I actually have an air conditioner section and then I have a heater section. The heater section uh, actually has an on-off button, but it also has a red and a green light on it. If the red light is on, a message will come up saying that the pilot light did not light. In the really, really cold weather, sometimes that happens and you have to do it over and over and over again until finally the pilot light does light. If it doesn't, me, myself, I would actually go to a truck stop and have them light it for me. However, you can get up underneath your truck, up underneath your bunk, and light it yourself. However, I'm not going to do that. Something else that I found out is I have a way to adjust my heat from the front of the truck. So if Z is in the back, just like any other vehicle, but I really never paid that much attention to it until we really needed it. Now at night, typically we just use the APU and that is it, but I have been in some really frigid cold weather like in the negative 10s, 12s, 13s, 17s, and when it gets that cold they suggest that you actually idle your truck. It does waste a little bit more fuel, however you stay a lot warmer when your truck stays idled. Now basically when a truck is idling at rest, it is around 600 RPMs and that will keep your truck fairly warm but not really hot okay and so basically what you need to do is make sure that your water temperature stays above 150 if your water temperature drops below that you will receive cold air out of your heater vents so you have to make sure to keep those RPMs up and your water above 150 now typically I have learned just by visiting with other truck drivers that you do something called bumping your idle and the way that you're supposed to be able to do that is to turn on 
your um I forgot what it was called all of a sudden cruise control that's the word I'm looking for you turn on your cruise control and you either hit set a few times or hold it down or you can hit the resume button and it actually raises the RPMs or at least it is supposed to my truck it was not working I had people look at it I had people walk me through it to see if I was doing it and it just would not bump my truck to a higher RPM which I needed it at around 800 finally I called Stevens safety department and asked them what I needed to do again they told me the exact same thing I needed to mess with my cruise control and see if that would bump it up it did not so as a last result what we ended up having to do is I would put my boot on my fuel pedal my gas pedal and then I had a metal bar in my truck and so I put the metal bar inside my boot and I pressed against my seat which pressed down the gas pedal and I had to adjust it to where it would be a perfect 800 rpm once that happened my water temperature rose to 150 and we stayed nice and toasty all night long now then I'm going to change gears really quickly because I had to do a winter workshop with Stevens uh, we have ongoing education that we have to watch videos and take tests on and so this one was once again about you know keeping your truck in tip-top shape when you are driving in the winter but it was also about sex trafficking because as truck drivers we go to a lot of places where our eyes and our ears can determine whether sex trafficking is going on in that area and after watching the video we see many many times that truck drivers um, encounter this all the time especially at truck stops and rest areas now a lot of people think well that just happens in the larger cities and sad to say it actually does not it happens everywhere in the United States and you think okay well no that doesn't happen to Americans it actually does happen to Americans and it also happens to foreigners that come into the country that are promised jobs and so it is our job as truck drivers to see and watch it's called truckers against trafficking and it's a really good thing to do I know growing up in a really small town I was very protected and shielded from this but guys this can happen at your neighborhood markets your Walmarts your grocery stores your gas stations your rest areas your truck stops anywhere so if you ever feel uncomfortable or you see something that you're just not quite comfortable with just google trucking against trafficking truckers against trafficking 
and call that hotline and just see what you're say, seeing. And, you know, it may not be anything, but on the other hand, it could be everything. It could be a young girl's life, a mother's life, a daughter's life, even a son's life. So just pay attention to what's going on around you. Keep your eyes and ears open at all times. Now I'm jumping back to truck driving. I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place today. But I wanted to let you know, while I was at the truck stops, lots of things go on. And one of the things that I was noticing is that truck drivers' wheels were slipping, right? They were sliding. So imagine being in your car and your car sliding, you have no control, right? Well, the same thing in a diesel truck. You may have control of the front end, but that back end is going to do exactly what it wants to do. And sliding is one of the things. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a real heavy load at this point. It's actually pretty light. I only have 12,000 pounds in the back. So the back end is not having the traction that I would exactly like for it to have. The roads are clear, so that's not a problem. But the truck stops are still very, very icy and snow-packed more than anything. And so you actually have to get a good grip. One of the tools that truck drivers use to use or to have traction is kitty litter. So I... I had to go in and purchase some kitty litter so I could actually get out of my parking space. Luckily, most truck stops know this, especially in the winter, so they have a ton of cat litter around so we can use it for fuel stations at the gas area. Now, I actually was sliding uh, when I was pulling up to get fuel the other day at the Petro. A really scary, intense thing because your truck's going one way and your trailer is sliding another. And of course, you've just got to be really careful, drive slow, 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 and hopefully grab that traction along the way. So I missed my appointment on the 24th. So my new appointment with Walmart is the 27th, which is tomorrow morning at 4.13 in the morning. So it's going to be rather chilly in the morning. However, that is the only time that they take the produce, and I have berries on my truck. And so I have to get up and be there early, early in the morning. One thing that I'm having to learn to teach Z, and I didn't realize that I had done this on my own, but you have to adapt to your sleep, right? When you get a chance to sleep, you need to, because you never know when you're going to have to roll. So last night I was laying in bed and I heard her talking on the phone, and it was like in the wee hours in the morning, and I was like, Z, if you don't get your sleep, you're not going to be able to drive tomorrow, because I'm not putting you behind the wheel without enough sleep. She wasn't exactly very happy with that. However, I have to watch and pay attention because that is my truck. I'm making the payments on it, and I'm not going to put someone behind the wheel that did not get enough sleep. So hopefully she understands and will be able to accommodate and pay attention to the sleep that she got. She told me that she had, you know, sleep yesterday, which I understand. She was in the cab all day long. I get that. But she's going to have to adjust when she sleeps and that way and pay attention to when our loads go out. You know, if our load goes out at two in the morning, she doesn't need to sleep, you know, till 12 noon and then stay awake from 12 noon all the way till two in the afternoon. That's not going to work. So she's going to have to get up earlier, maybe nap during the day and, you know, sleep until one o'clock, then get up and we can roll together. So adjusting the sleep patterns is really hard as well to get them used to having to work these crazy hours, because they are. I mean, most people are not up at 3 in the morning delivering freight in negative 23 degree weather. So it's really important that we get our sleep on a regular schedule. As far as regular goes, I mean as far as our work schedule goes. 
So an interesting fact, I am in Mankata, Minnesota, and I did not realize, but this is where Little House in the Prairie would go into town. And also a little town called, I think it was Sleepy Eyes or something like that, which is about 43 miles from here. So my sister pointed that out to me. I had no idea where I was when she was telling me, oh, that was mentioned on Little House. I just thought it was, you know, a town that was made up, but it's actually not. This is a real live little town. Uh, it's actually a very cool, neat little town. If you get a chance, you need to Google it. It's very pretty. Uh, they do have a large Walmart distribution center here, and that's what we're waiting on. So hopefully in the morning, unless snow or something stops us, we will be at the Walmart about 3 o'clock in the morning to get loaded and unloaded, I should say. And then from there, we will determine where we need to go. All right, guys, I hope you have a blessed and awesome day today. Again, I'm going to be at the truck stop uh, here in Mancota, Minnesota, uh, where it is negative 20-something degrees here. The wind chill factor, I think it's only negative 12 as far as the actual temperature. Uh, sorry about the noise behind me, but I'm staying at a brand new truck stop. It literally just opened a few days ago, so they are still getting things all in order, but really great, awesome people. I've been able to talk to a couple of the waitresses about my essential oils and how they work, and yeah, just having a really great time working on my calendar, working on my Young Living business, and at the same time, getting ready to get this load off of my truck. I hope you guys have a blessed and awesome day, and I will talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.